What's up, guys? Welcome to the sesh. Today, I got a special guest, uh, Jesse De Leon. Introduce yourself, man. Hi, my name is uh, Jesse De Leon. It's my second time on on Joshua's podcast. I'm, thank you for having me again. I uh, we our company does online sales. We do a um, we sell on all the major platforms: Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Fair House. So wherever there's eyeballs, that's where we're at. So and uh, we have uh, businesses in McAllen. We've been around for like 20 years. Uh, we ship all over the world, over the country on a daily basis. So before uh, we go into to the, the meat and bones of this, mm-hmm. I remember I never got to thank you for for allowing me to uh, <laughs> to intern for you. Oh, yes. So when I got pushed out of my business years ago, I called you up and said, hey, can I uh, intern for you? I think it was like three months. Yeah, three or four months. Yes. Three or four months. So, yeah. so if you were to rank me <laughs> on a one to 10 scale of how good I did, how would you rank me? Well, I mean, uh, what you were doing was was different than what everybody else does. So 90% of the, of the people there are are workers, basically. They either pack, they finish the, the goods. You were on, on the office side doing the uh, the technical part. So, mm-hmm. But you did pretty good. I think you learned a lot. I think you realized how wide open the internet was at that time, and it still is, and yeah. it just keeps growing. And so it's just a matter of, of picking the right items at the right time and having the know-how to put it in front of those people that are actually looking for them. Okay. You know, because you could be selling, I don't know, mangoes, but if you're selling them to people that are not interested, well, you're just wasting your time and your money, so. So before that, okay, Mm -hmm. so to explain what you sell Mm -hmm. and how you sell it. Okay, so uh, you want the long story? Long story. So long long story is that uh, we, I started with the Mexican restaurant. I used to work for Taco Cabana in Houston. I was the vice president. I had the entire Houston market, 36 restaurants, the whole thing. So, so I've been in the restaurant business all my life. Um, once the, the business, once the, the company got sold to another company, they brought in their own people and they pretty much let everybody go. I got my severance package and I said, you know what? I'm going to open a restaurant. Why not? So I opened a restaurant. My degree is in restaurant management, mm-hmm. by the way. So I opened a restaurant in Houston and uh, of course it was, uh, it took me a year and a half to make money. I took an existing restaurant that was just, bad and and so the only people that were coming in you changed it now so now you lost the people that were coming into the bad restaurant and you didn't have any new people because they still think you're the, the, bad, the restaurant. bad restaurant so it took me a year and a half and i remember that day it was a friday night first time we ever had a wait on a friday night wow. uh, and we sat like 150 people so so that's when i knew i made it so but it took me a year and a half and um, if it wasn't for credit cards and and just ingenuity you know i would i would give the checks out to the employees on friday that's back then when they wouldn't clear after two, because I knew they wouldn't clear, mm-hmm. so that the money coming in from the weekend will cover the checks. Yeah. And many times, I mean, I couldn't pay myself. I mean, many times, but but that's how I started. So then we started decorating the restaurant with merchandise, and then after a while, people were saying, "Well, can I buy that?" I'm like, "No, no, you're crazy. It's no." And one day, I said, "Okay, what do you want to buy?" So, so they started buying stuff, and I'm like, "Okay, oh, this is pretty cool." So then I started putting price tags on all the decorations. <laughs> crazy people thought, "Ah, uh, you forgot a price tag? No, it's for sale." So the tagline was, "Like the decor, buy it." Huh. So and after a while, it became 10% of our business. Interesting. So you maximized every single yes. piece of square footage. It's kind of like a Crackle Barrel before there was a Crackle Barrel. Because huh. you go to Crackle Barrel, you walk in and you buy stuff. Right? Yeah. Ours was basically the decor. Huh. So then people wanted to buy furniture. So then I started taking booths out of the restaurant and I started putting furniture. <laughs> and then people said, well, I, I want to buy in bulk. I'm like, okay, sure. So then I, I rented a little warehouse and started bringing in merchandise in bulk. So then we would go out in the parking lots on the weekends and just set up. It took us for hours to set up and sell stuff on the parking lot, put it back in the boxes and put it back in the You right. do that every single week? Pretty much every weekend, yeah. Wow. And after a while, we started getting the following. So then 
we started doing the wholesale part and then we started doing the wholesale shows, the trade shows. So uh, back then, and you still do, you, you would go to the trade shows and if you had a store, you would place your orders for merchandise like every retail store does. Mm-hmm. And so we were, the other end, we would sell, uh, we, would ho- we would do the, um, the booths and sell stuff. So, so I was gone three months out of the year. We were spending like 80000 a year in, in shows. Wow. So now we don't do any shows. So what happened was basically after a while, you just start realizing that the internet is where it's at. So we started doing the website. We started with eBay. We started with eBay. How long ago was that? Oh God, 2000, probably 15, 20 years. Okay. Back when eBay was an auction site, Mm -hmm. I was selling, I was selling, I was selling items that were cost me $10 for $200 and they would fight. They would fight for for stuff. (laughs) And the best part of eBay back then was that you would offer a second chance to the losers so all of a sudden, I mean, I had more than one of those items. So the, per, the first person paid 200 the second, hey, don't worry, I'll get you one, 195 Sold huh. that. So after a while, you sold three pieces at $600 or so. So wow. back when it started. So then after eBay started going down, we went into Amazon, then Etsy. So you're one of the first ones to get into like Amazon when it started. Yeah, so. when it started. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's, Amazon is the, 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 the platform that most sellers hate. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's become so customer uh, centric okay. that no matter what the issue is, they're going to return it and you're going to lose it and you're going to, you're not going to get your money and you also going to pay for the shipping that way and back. Oh, so that comes out of your pocket. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, and then, you know, it's become that. And so, I mean, I've gotten stuff that people use it comes back with glitter, you know, <laughs> and you know, and what do you do? You know, it'll take you more time to try to dispute it than to just, you know, just eat it. Yeah, but you can only get to that point when you're selling volume. Right, yeah. Right, so kind yeah. of explain that, like, how you started, because I think, um, like, for me right now, mm-hmm. I'm starting to sell butter, butter right. of the gods, and, and I figure out the packaging. Mm-hmm. I already got the labels, and, and I called you up, and I was like, hey, uh, what problem am I going to run into here? And he's like, shipping. Yeah. It's The cold shipping is what's going to be the problem, yeah. but I figured it out that I started looking online and for you to buy anything cold at this point, it costs about sixteen to twenty-five dollars just to get it shipped. Right. So that's that's the the norm. Okay. Like I, I figured that out. I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have to charge the shipping, pass it off to the customer. Exactly. So I just upped the price on the uh, the butter, and I went free shipping. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it looks like it gives more value right. to the product and right. less than the shipping. So when you call me and said, "What do I do about the shipping?" I said, "Because that's going to be the issue." So what what we realized quickly is was. We had to offer free shipping. One, because, well, the main reason was because we didn't have the time or the people back then to try to email back and forth what the shipping was going to be. Because you would say, hey, I'm in California. How much is it going to cost me to ship? Hey, I'm in New York. Hey, I'm in Dallas. We don't have the people the time to be telling you exactly what it was. So we figured out an average, kind of like what you did. Mm-hmm. So we figured out an average, and we added it to the shipping. And so now it's free shipping everywhere. So in some, you may lose a little bit. But in most cases, you do pretty good or, or make a little bit. So when we sh- ship to Texas, we're making money on the shipping. Mm-hmm. When we ship to Washington Island and Washington State or wherever that is, you're losing money. And you've shipped pretty much everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. I mean, we ship all over the world as well. So that's the key. It's like shipping costs has to be built. It's because you just can't. Nobody wants to pay for shipping. Nobody wants to pay for shipping. Yeah, but they're paying for it. They just, yeah, they just you know, it's, they're it's naively rewired. Paying. Exactly. <laughs> Pre-written. So, yeah. So, yeah, we do shipping on all our platforms pretty much, except in the wholesale site, which is a big, big site for big buyers. So One of um, the most interesting things that I, I noticed about you, uh, how your operation works, is you actually ship 
the stuff out of your of your actual location. So you have guys that are boxing up things, and it's not small things either. You figured out how to ship huge ass things across yeah. the nation. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, every time you hear something about like you're gonna get into e-commerce, find something small enough to fix into a box yeah. that you can ship easily. Yeah. But you do not do that because I saw a picture of your stuff last time. You just had tons of boxes everywhere. How did you figure that out? <laughs> Trial and error. <laughs> Trial and error. So so we have different different websites so each website is different so like amazon is you're 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 on the amazon platform and you're selling direct to the buyer you're just you're just using platform system i mean uh, amazon system so those are going to be one item one box one item so once you start doing the the wholesale sites which is fair uh we started on fair this this year and it's just crazy and so when we were doing the the trade shows we would appeal to the retail stores that were going purchase orders for their stores but we no longer do the trade shows because it just got too much time too expensive and too much time consuming so we f found out a place called fair f-a-i-r-e great site and so now we have that part of the business we didn't have which is the retail store owners they just go online they order it and we ship in three to five days so those are going to be well, we, when they buy two thousand dollars worth of stuff and there's like you know all kinds of shapes and sizes and so if you start boxing them one it's going to be too expensive because the labor and the boxing uh, and and the packaging will be too expensive, so we put it on a pallet, which is a truck by okay. truck. And so we just put we have these big they're called Gaylord boxes, which is the big box kind of thick that sits on the pallet perfectly. And so you just fill it up, you hmm. just fill it up, and then you just weigh it. You you ship it out to to them. We have a third party uh, companies that that we deal with that 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 we ship through. So so you just it's just trial and error. I mean it's just trial and error. So we the 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 thing we figured out with the business. Um, kind of after 10 years is that I could do because I started just doing wholesale mm -hmm. that's how we started but once the um, the house market crashed um, I ended up with so much inventory and no one to buy it yeah. so I'm like thinking what do I do now because no retail stores are, are are open really I mean we had items that were paid for and were returned to us because the business closed oh, shit. that's how bad it was so we lost you know 70% of our customers the retail wow. customer so we started doing the online business, started doing that. So that's how that started, uh, doing the online, because everything has been, like, forced to change, I guess. We have adapted because COVID, same thing. You adapt, and, and, and you just keep adapting. Yeah, you have, to, you have to figure out a way to make your business work. And I think we were talking about that earlier. It's like when you get into the restaurant business, what was the statistics that you were telling me earlier? So restaurants, so we, I used to have two restaurants on the restaurant business in Houston. So what happens is um, it's the number one failure uh, I guess venture you can say most most uh, banks won't lend money to to restaurants. So eighty percent within five years, fifty percent first year. Jeez. That's the failure rate, and it's just it's crazy. It's just wow. It's, yeah, and I've seen it all across yeah. the Rio Grande Valley. It's like yeah. a lot of places have closed down, yeah. and and it's the concepts are are amazing. Yeah, but it just doesn't yeah. work. It's it's yeah. strange. It's just, it's the weirdest thing in the world to see. Like a lot of people put their hard earned money into something that they think is gonna work. Yeah. And then it just ultimately fails. Yeah, they, they think it's a glamorous business, exciting business, but it's it's hard work, man. It's 24-7. It's Well, what is it about the restaurant industry that, that makes it so difficult? Uh, the people. <laughs> Hiring the right people. Because um, uh, there's so many pieces to the puzzle. So you have a restaurant, your dishwasher doesn't show up. You have no dishwasher. What are yeah. you going to do? You have to pull somebody else. Yeah, your, your main cook can't come in. What do you do? You know, everything is made fresh. Everything's made that, that day, you know? Yeah. And so your waiters don't come in. It's Super Bowl Sunday. 
you're open. Yeah, you're screwed. Who's going to show up? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's so many pieces that you have to be such a, you have to be very ingen, uh, ingenuity just yeah. to keep, keep, keep it open. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard. I, I tell people, don't do it. Just don't do it. Just Jeez. save your money or save your marriage. That's what I say. Yeah. yeah Either that's one. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> one or two or both. It's going to happen. It's just. Let it's me ask hard. you this. Uh, so obviously there was levels of to how you you achieved success in the, in the in the whole e-commerce space, but what what would it look like for a person starting off on year one selling a product online? What are those challenges that you went through that you look back at now and say like, I would have done this differently? Um, so I think if you're gonna, there's money to be made online. So you got to start small, pick one item. Like I, I think we t had this talk, pick one item or two items and start there. Figure out what the item is. Uh, do you have competition? Okay. And can you compete either, maybe not on price, but maybe on service and quality. So that's the thing. Like we, we don't compete on price. So we found our niche, such a specific niche. It's mm -hmm. rustic decor, let's call it. Um, that we have, ver uh, we don't have a lot of competition. And, the, and what we've done is just, and we're usually not the cheapest, but because people have, have come through the, uh, through the years and realized that ours is going to be the best quality and we're going to, you know, take care of you after you've gotten the item and, and going to ship it fast. So people have, uh, have learned that. But if you're starting out, figure out what the item is, do a little bit of research. Where is it selling? Is it selling on Amazon? Is it selling on Etsy? Is it selling on eBay? Where is it selling, first of all? And can you compete on that? And start with one item. Let's say it's Amazon, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and start there. Um, that's how we, we started with eBay back then. It was, it, it was easier back then. Now, like Amazon has a lot of requirements. Uh, you can't sell this item because it's already max and, and so on and so on. You just got to do your research. Wasn't really. the same thing with Amazon too? Is like, they'll, they'll come in and see your product and then they'll do the exact same thing. Yeah. Just sell it lower price. Back then they, they were doing that. Uh, when, so Amazon started as a bookstore basically, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and then after a while they realized that that they could just copy you and sell it themselves for cheaper. And then that evolved into, let's just let them, us, the sellers, the third-party sellers, just use our platform and we'll just charge them 15%. So now that has be become the main ingredient or main thing for Amazon now that the third-party sellers are now doing all the work hmm. and they just take their 15%. So, because we do, all, and you can do the FBA, which is fulfillment by Amazon. I've never wanted to do that. It's just... Because you would just need like two, three people just to handle that part. Because yeah. then you have to ship all your items to them. And to the warehouse, yeah. right? And I never wanted to do that. You know, they asked me a million times, but I don't. We do it ourselves. We have some control. Our sales would climb up dramatically, but at what cost? Yeah. And so I, I just stayed away from that. Just Interesting. Yeah, I stayed away from that. It's, I found that also with that that whole uh, HEB thing, like with the Primo picks, like yeah. some, some people win every single year. And then you'll see just a, like the next few months, HEB will come up with the exact same product, a different name, yeah. a lower price. It's kind of like, like I, I get it. Yeah. I, I get it from the from the business point of view. Yeah. But it's like they're going out and finding talent yeah. and then taking that talent, making it their own and say, fuck you guys. Sorry. Jeez. And you will you'll get lower, <laughs> lower yeah. space on the shelves. So it's yeah. a very interesting thing. Like with the Topo Chico, mm -hmm. now they have the 1877. And that's theirs. It's theirs. It's uh, their version. So yeah. and it's cheaper. And actually, it's better. Is it? <laughs> so oh, man. Interestingly it's, enough, it's better. But. Yes. I, I've noticed that with like H E B, like they, they'll have these primo picks, and you'll compete 
from February to August. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you get to compete with your item. If it does well, then they give you like a $25,000 check. They'll yeah. give you shelf space. And then the next year, it's like, oh, you should, all right. You should do your butter there. I'm, I have a version. <laughs> I have a version of the butter. Because <laughs> I know as soon as HB gets yeah, it, gonna it's going to make it. a cheaper one. So It's capitalism, I It's guess. capitalism, yeah. I want to be part yeah. of that capitalism. Yeah. I think the whole e-commerce space is a very interesting topic because uh, I've built e-commerce stores for people. Right. And I, I, the one thing that I've noticed is that they simply just do not put any marketing or anything behind it. Yeah. Like they expect it when the store's up, mm -hmm. they just expect stuff to sell. Yeah. So give some tips on how somebody can be proactive when they have the, an actual store. How can they do this stuff like to, to get it, the eyeballs in front of the people? So currently we don't do any advertising. That's the best part. We don't. No advertising. No advertising. So... How the hell did you do it? <laughs> so you might be asking the wrong person, but we do some Facebook ads. We've done Facebook ads for like when we have the warehouse sales at mm -hmm. locally, we've done that. We do some ads um, on Facebook, very few, not much on the candle pour line. So would you attribute to the success to like the Amazon where you, you got to get the emails and all that stuff from people from eBay and stuff like that? Or it's, it's just over the years, you've just built, built, built it. And so the more you sell on those platforms, the more you sell. Okay. Because every sale potentially has a feedback, a review. So the more reviews, the more the more sales. The more sales, the more reviews, and so on and so on. And so it's it's a gradual thing. Um, but Facebook is always good, and it's not expensive. Uh, Instagram is also good. I've done some Instagram ads, but very very selective. Yeah. Um, I think it's just with us. It's just been. You have that customer year, base. Yeah, I have the base. Yeah. And like I said, we have our our our, our hand in the cookie jars and all the different. Uh, uh, places so we have wholesale we have third party uh we have drop shipping you know what drop shipping is yeah uh, explain that so so, so drop shipping is when you sell items through another company like for us it would be wayfair house um we put our items on their on their platforms okay we sell it to them at a wholesale price they mark it up you know usually two two and a half percent so when you go to wayfair and you bought an item that is ours we get your order, mm -hmm. okay? We'll ship it to you. You don't even know who we are. There's nowhere in the label. Return address is our name. Yeah. But that's called drop shipping. I mean, we ship stuff to McAllen and Edinburgh, and it's funny, and the mission, yeah. and it's on Wafer. So they bought it on Wafer. And know, shipping from right here. And shipping from right here. So if I were to build a website right now and have your items on it, it would be drop shipping. It would go yeah, from your place. I would place drop ship for you. Right there, so. And we get, probably once a month, we have people that are starting out mm -hmm. that wants to just, can I get all your photos and can you drop ship? No, I mean, yeah, you know, we're not at the at that stage that we want to experiment with you. I'm I sorry. You. I mean, I'm not trying to be gotcha, but but it's true. It, it is. We, we don't have don't the have time. time. Yeah, we don't yeah. have the time. Yeah, we already, you know. And and that's interesting fact. The point that you just made because I was somebody was asking about if they can get mentorship from a, from an entrepreneur yeah. the other day on, on one of my posts, mm -hmm. and I was like, if I were to go to you again to today mm -hmm. and ask you if I can intern for you and take up some of your time, yeah. chances are it's probably not going to happen because you're so damn busy. Yeah. I don't think people really understand that. Like when you get to a certain level and you start, yeah. like you're going, you're going, you're going. You don't have it's time crazy. to stop. Yeah, it, it's true. It's true. I mean, we are, we're up to almost 50 employees. Wow. We ship about a thousand packages a week on the average, Damn. maybe 1200. And it's, you should see our FedEx bill. It's just, you know. <laughs> so when you, when you get those huge ass bills, cause yeah. I'm preparing myself, I'm, yeah. I'm already mentally yeah. saying that I'm going to be yeah. there. When you see these big ass checks going out, what's going it's, through your head? It's, it, 
if I have to tell anybody that's starting out what to do is get yourself a great credit card that has miles. That has miles. Okay. Okay. Key. Do not pay anything by check if you don't have to. Do not pay anything with a credit card does, that does not give you miles. The most important thing you're going to do. Okay. The best one for me is American Express. Mm -hmm. You know, it is the best. We travel for free. Wow. And we'll probably be traveling for free for the rest of our lives. Wow. And that's... Those the are the amazing. perks of being... Yeah, there. and during COVID, boy, I mean, we racked up miles and couldn't use them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Think about it. So you're just, you're paying, paying, paying. You're selling, paying, paying, but you, nobody's flying. Huh. So So make sure you get a great... There's a lot. There's visas. There's all kinds that gives you great miles. Yeah. For me, it's American Express. If you can get American Express, get it. Just okay. So, so let's talk about leverage as far as using other people's money for to to get started for your business. I, I know that like if you open up a credit line like that, yeah. you use the money from the bank instead right. of using your own cash. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of touch on that? Yeah, I mean, as when we were get when we were starting the business, I mean, I had my my accountant would get mad at me because I probably had like twelve credit cards because wow. back then nobody was lending money, especially to a a person selling online for you know rustic stuff. So I would. I mean, I was paying interest rates crazy, but I made it right. And I don't, I don't suggest that to anybody. It's just, it's hard doing credit cards, but with, with the idea for you, if you're going to start with an item or two items, you know, they're going to pay you first, mm -hmm. right? They're going to pay you first. Okay. So that's the idea is that you start selling the items. They pay you first before you ship. Yeah. So be smart. You know, use that don't, money. Use don't that money. Spend it and on keep some buying. seafood dinner. Exactly. At, yeah. Uh, Papa yeah. yeah. Don't don't go to expensive <laughs> restaurants. Uh, so that's the main thing is you, you're not going. You're going to be using their money. And yeah. So um, I mean, there was times I remember when at, when it was slow during the wholesale business. I would send out an email that says, "Hey, oh, at the trade shows when when money was tied, we're at the trade shows and you're taking orders. Well, when you take orders at a wholesale, you don't charge them until you ship it." So you're at a trade show. By the time you get home and you get all stuff, it's going to be 10 to 14 days mm -hmm. before you can charge money, right? Yeah. Charge The key was charging their credit cards, right? So what do you do if you're not going to make make it for those two weeks? Yeah. So what I came up with during the show is, hey, let us run, let, let, prepay now, okay? And we're going to give you 10% discount. 70% hmm. would do it. So as we're at the show's, I'm calling the people that back at the shop. Yeah. Run this card, run this card, run this card, run this card. Because that's, you had to it's get. the you hustle. Had, you, you need to get your money. Exactly. Yeah. But you need the money to, to keep uh, afloat. Yeah. And so, so some things, you just got to get creative. I mean, it's just, you have to get, I, so many times you have to get creative. Well, so, interestingly so, enough, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Interestingly enough, the, uh, the, the water that, that we've been buying, I just bought it, it's a uh, liquid death. So oh. this guy made a, a rendered 3D model of a can of water okay. and he made commercials with it. It went viral. And then he went to his backers and to, I guess, the people he wanted to invest in it. And he said, look, this is going viral. Give me the capital so I can go and make this. Wow. So he got, he got all the virality of it, went out to find his investors. Then he went to go purchase the water mm -hmm. and from, I forgot from where. But then he made the water. So he they're worth about $900 million right now. And he didn't even have a fucking product. 
That's, that's mind blowing to me. That's, so that's kind of the same model that I'm doing now is I have the butter, I have yeah. the recipe, I have all the stuff ready for it. I have the viral commercial. I'll show you after this. I want to okay. get your thoughts. Uh -huh. um, but now we can take in the orders and get the cash first. And we have a seven to eight day waiting period Perfect. before the, it's even to ship out. Yeah. So I think that was a, a smart move because I don't want to be stuck with the bill. And the last thing I want to do, the only thing is I'm worried about now is how the, the butter is going to ship to the person's place. And mm -hmm. if, if it melts, well, then I'm screwed. So I have to figure that out. Right I, I can't ship during July. <laughs> I <know. laughs> it was a very interesting thing because I've been wanting to, uh, I've been wanting a product. Like right. what I do is a service-based product, right? right? But now I actually have a physical product that I can ship out that I can, yeah. I, I want to explore this area yeah. that I've been waiting for like the past five years yeah, to dabble into. So if you were to give me some best advice, the top three things for, for me specifically, what would you say? Uh, don't overpromise. Okay. Never do a specific date. Like say it's going to ship within three days. Mm -hmm. Always do a range. Always, okay. always never pigeonhole yourself. Uh, say three to nine days, four to 10 days, five to 12 days, you know, don't get specific because they will call you out. Mm -hmm. They will tell you, Hey, where's my item? You said it was going to be three to five days. It's been seven days and they will count the weekends. Okay. Yeah. Even though nothing ships during the weekend. Right. So, but they'll count it. So that's because people are waiting for their product. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The oh. excitement. Oh yeah. To me, it's just a wood bowl to them. It's yeah. like the greatest thing, you know, <laughs> they have a party tomorrow. They need it today, you mm -hmm. know? And, and so I would say don't over, over promise. And, and, um, that's the main thing. Uh, video, you know, this, and I'm realizing it that this year is video is in video, yeah. video, get yourself Instagram, get yourself Facebook post, just post, you know, you got to get the out consistency there. Consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Don't just do it once a week. And that's what I've been doing now. It's just, and it's funny because, you know, you get a follower once, if you get a follower one, or, one or two a day, heck, yeah. After a while, guess what? Yeah. The interesting thing about that is uh, the consistency that if you do it every single day over the year, right. you see the results. You exactly. don't see it right then and there yeah. when you're doing it, but yeah. you literally have to be consistent every single day because that one, and I always say this, it's it's the quality of the viewer versus the views. Exactly. Like Because I've, I've met so many people, my, my videos don't mm -hmm. get a ton of right. views, mm -hmm. but the quality of the viewer will reach out to me and talk to me and that, that valuable insight is worth that effort that I put into those exactly. videos. Yeah. So you, I, I find it interesting. You want to get those people they're going to buy. You don't want people that are just like they say, tire kickers, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's the main thing. So, so then the third, the third, uh, the third one, I just had it, but I forgot it. Um, wait, I'll come back to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had it, but then we started talking. Uh, so what, what, uh, what struggles are you going through now since you've been in business for so long? What are those, those things that happen over the five years that, that you're like, okay, shit, I have to, adjust so i think the main one currently or for the last year has been as you get bigger and bigger and bigger people will come after you basically and so now it's been you're talking about a competition or like hitman or previous <laughs> previous customers <laughs> that are now copying your your, your designs you. Okay. you know so we had that happen twice now so they take an item that we do and just copied it i mean just copied it somewhere else they stopped buying from you and they started copying somewhere else so then you get to the point where you like you get mad you get angry you go i'm gonna sue them you talk to an attorney you start the process and then one letter and you're nine thousand dollars and then you go whoa oh, geez. and then you go okay you know this has just started yeah you just sent a letter now we're gonna respond to their attorney's letter 
you keep going? You're at mm. 9,000 already. Yeah. They're charging 250 an hour, three attorneys. Oh, jeez. And then when they talk to each other, guess what? The meter's running. So you're like, okay, what do I do? So you have to decide. I mean, what's best for you? Do you just say, you know what? I'll just keep creating new designs. Yeah. And let them copy it and just educate the people that ours is the original, ours is the best quality. And yeah. you buy theirs, well, good luck, you know? Huh. So that's what we did. I mean, fast forward to now. Yeah. It's like we just said, you know what? It is what it is. You know, it's it sucks. Keep taking the punches. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> you know, I hate it. It just pisses me off. Yeah. It's just like, dude, it's exactly like it. It's exactly oh, like it, you know? It's, it's the strangest thing in the world. Uh, entrepreneurship, I, I feel like um, nobody should do it and everybody should do it. Yeah. Because the, the freedom that it gives you to, to experience the, the life you get to live and the freedom and the time that you get to work. I, like We were talking about what time you wake up. You wake up at what time? 4.30. 4.30. So I, I can only tell myself to wake up at 5.30. It, it <laughs> just, this just happened like, like last yeah, month. Yeah, I was, in the I was reading your post. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very interesting thing. Can you kind of touch on how waking up early helps yeah. with your productivity? So I, I, I think one of the big reasons I think that, uh, that I, successful, I guess you can say, is that all my life, I think it came from us working in the fields. I mean, we're, I was a migrant worker. I mean, back then, you know, you would go to California, Florida, you know, you name it everywhere, Florida, uh, West Texas. And so you had to get up early. Mm -hmm. And then you had to get up early to go to work. And so I think from, from then on, I think being a teenager, high school, junior high, I think that has instilled in me the idea that, you know, if you're going to, you got to work hard, you got you to gotta be there, man. You just got to be there. And so I think for me, waking up early is automatic now. I don't use an alarm. Um, 4.30 is pretty much, you know, the norm for me. So how much uh, quality sleep are you actually getting? I'm good with five hours. Okay. You I'm one of those. Off. I'm good with five hours. Um, and I'm not like, oh, oh, I only got four or only got six. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. I, you, you know, just I just do what you have just to do. Just do what I got to do. And so for me, when I get to work and nobody's there, because once they get there, there's 45 pelados, like they say, <laughs> coming in and they're asking, you know, you name it. So Yeah, your um, attention gets separated by exactly. 45 so, and, and the st my staff, the office staff tries to keep them at bay because and so like this morning before i come in here you know I, I was you know we just got new like 200 new photos that i had to catalog and and put on the into the platforms and so and it's mm -hmm. i was just doing that quickly so i could come over here and so for me getting there early is super productive uh i think it has has helped me um a lot and it, it might not be for everybody yeah i'm not a person that's going to be a bit too in, midnight or one working on something nah yeah nah. you're not a night owl nah never yeah. never was never will be i mean sometimes i'll go to sleep at eight mm -hmm. but sometimes i go to sleep at 10 well, what is it about that that kind of lifestyle that people are afraid of like because coming from from covid i was drinking a shitload like yeah. I, I was yeah. pretty much an alcoholic jeez uh, but I would just barbecue, drink, and then repeat everything. Yeah. And I go yeah. sleep late, yeah. and then I figured, like, fuck, this is not this is yeah. not helping my life yeah. at all. Yeah. So when I started working out last year, I've cut out like probably ninety nine percent of alcohol that I drink now, mm -hmm. and I've noticed that it's helped me productive. But I would go to sleep late, and sometimes I feel bad about going to sleep early. But then I figure out there's nothing going on at that time. Right. What is it about that mentality that like like you had to break? It, I think for for people that 
like you, they feel guilty for going to sleep early. I mean, I think it's been instilled in us that you should just keep going, going, going. And but your body, everybody's body is different. You yeah. know, for me, my body says it's seven, I'm or eight. I'm, you know, it's time to go sleep. And I'm an, I'm excited to wake up in the morning. I'm excited to get up in the morning. Where did you get that from? Because most people aren't excited. I, I don't know. When it comes down to I it, don't know. I would say that a lot of people yeah, are people hate. hate they Waking, hate it. Yeah, they, they yeah. hate it. They, they're yeah. depressed. Yeah. How did you get to that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I love getting up early at it, night. Do you I'm think exci- it's a discipline that you kept maybe on just getting? Maybe, I think it's discipline. Maybe, yeah. My wife gets mad at me because I at night I'm like, I can't wait to go to work tomorrow. I can't wait. I mean, I love what I do. It's it's an exciting business, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I just enjoy getting up early. Would it Would it be as exciting if you weren't making the amount of money that you were making? And you just had to deal with the headaches. <laughs> Probably not. There are two things. I think two things are get me excited. Of course, you know, uh, uh, making the money. And two is that you don't work for somebody else. Yeah. For me, that was the hardest thing, the scariest thing. But it was the best thing that I could have done. And it's not for everybody, of course. But for me, it was. I mean, I'm arrogant. You know, I, I, I think I can do anything better than, than you probably. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes I can, sometimes I'm not, you know, but... but You're willing to you try it. I'll try it, yeah. yeah. And so what gets me excited is the business that we built and the fact that, that it's successful yeah. and, and it's fun. My employees, I mean, they really like us. I mean, they, I mean, we have people who have been there for 10, 12, 15 years. Wow. You know, this is a warehouse job, okay? Yeah. This we pay them well. We pay them well. Yeah. You know. So so talk about the culture of of a, of a business because, for me, I can foresee actually getting a a, a place where this is going to be. I'm going to be manufacturing this type of stuff in the future. Okay. What are some of the struggles that I'll come up with during that time? Um, first is going to be rent. Okay. What uh, main thing you got to do with rent is that. Uh, this is what I did with where we're at now is you negotiate the rates. Okay. Find out what the rates are um, and negotiate the rates. Okay. And, and, and do, uh, um, do several. Don't just do a two year. Okay. Do, do a, a two year with two, two year options. Okay. And negotiate the rates then, then. Cause prices always go up. Right. <laughs> So that's what I did. I did, did five year with another two, two year, uh, extensions at that rate. It went up a little bit, Yeah. but if I wouldn't have done that, then I'd be paying 10, 15% more now. Jeez. Cause I'm on the, 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 the extension part, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, and you, and that's the main thing, huh? You've expanded like a couple of times. Yeah. Right? So we originally were, uh, an old building on Ash. It was 10,000 square feet. We, we sold the building, Moved to uh, uh, another warehouse that was 15. Then we went to 20. Now we're at 25,000 wow. square feet. And it's full to the, yeah, I've, to I've the rafters. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, people have no idea. And people say, we can't find you. We don't want you to find yeah. us. <laughs> we don't want you to come by locally. I mean, we don't. I mean, I, hate, I don't even arrogant, but it's the yeah. truth. I mean, we're so busy. It's not geared for shopping. Yeah. There's pallet racks everywhere. There's cords and fans and stuff everywhere, machines going on. So we, for the viability part, we don't want people walking in. So that's why we have the, the sales every, every so often. Um, so I would say the main thing is negotiate your, your lease. Okay. Be smart about it. Go in prepared. Ask. Don't, don't take their first you know, offer. Say, you know, go back and you know, 
two cents, three cents, whatever it is, and then do uh, do the options, do yeah. the options, because on the options you're not tied to that. You can walk away once your that lease is up and uh, options coming up. Uh, I'm gonna move. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it it's, it's flexibility. It's, yeah, it's a flexibility to do that. Um, so that's the main thing. What was the question again? Uh, so the first year that I'm gonna be going yeah. into this business, the lease. Yes, that's the main thing. Um, don't go crazy on <laughs> on material stuff. Save your money. Don't you know? Don't go crazy on fancy stuff and bookshelves and sofas and chairs and and stuff like that. Just well, I don't think a lot of people understand that wealth is relative. So, so for example, if I can live off twenty thousand dollars a year and I'm making a yeah. hundred and two hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year, well, yeah. I can live for the mm-hmm. next so many years like that. Right. I, I think a lot of people just are they love the shiny objects yeah. and stuff like that, and I, I see it too. It's yeah. like. I, I don't understand it because I've always been a penny pincher, mm-hmm. but also there's there's part of me like I want to go and spend right. some money once I get it. Yeah. I know I'll, when once I get there I'll be fine. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are are living without their not within their means right now, and I think that's why so many people are unhappy. Yeah, what do you think about that? It's true. I mean, everybody everybody wants a new car, right? Yeah. But you can't go into it being car poor. I call it car poor. In other words, your car is worth more than your house. There's a problem, yeah, yeah. you know, so just, you know, be smart, live within your means and, and be ready when that time comes for you to get that new car, get it. I mean, if, if you can afford it and it's not going to stretch the budget. Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody wants a new car or a new house. So how are you, uh, when it comes to spending money? I, I, I'm kind of, I'm frugal. Yeah. I'm frugal. Yeah. You, would you say that is a, a characteristic of, of having success? Yeah. I think so. I mean, think about when you're shipping, you know, a thousand packages and, and you learn to notice things like an item that should weigh eight ounces is now in a box that's weighing two pounds. So now instead of you, remember you have free shipping. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're paying for that. Yeah. Well, the customer's paying for it, but it's going to come out of you. So, it, so yesterday we had an incident where we sell a, a small bowl. It's like a six by 10 bowl. It should ship on an envelope. It should weigh less than an, a pound. Right. So they can go by USPS, mm-hmm. right? So it should be about $4. I see it. It's in the UPS pickup section. I'm like, okay, why is a bowl that should be going by post office that's three, $4 going now by UPS that's going to be eight something, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked this, oh, it's because that bowl weighed too much. Okay, let's find a bowl that weighs less. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden... Now you're making four more dollars right. or five more dollars instead of spending. But if you wouldn't have caught that, there's five bucks that you threw away. Yeah. So what I learned in the restaurant business, because um, what I did for Taco Cabana is I was a, I, I would call that troubleshooter. Mm-hmm. We came in and um, uh, sued this other chain that copied us, went to the Supreme Court. We won. We took them over. It's called Two Pesos back in Houston. So when I was down here in the, uh, working at Taco Cabana here in the Valley, I got promoted to go up there as VP. So what I did was I went and cleaned house, basically. And I was a troubleshooter. So what that means is, like, you walk, you look, you observe, and you find the problems because, before they become huge issues. Right. So as I'm walking by the warehouse, I'm always notice, noticing things. What's being done correctly, what's being done incorrectly, and then it's fixed. So, you, so you're technically micromanaging because it's coming out of your pocket. A bit, yeah. And then teach somebody else what you just did 
so that they can also spot that. I got you. Okay. Okay. Because we we ship on so many platforms and so many different items and so many options. So you want this bowl? Do you want it in in what twelve colors? Do you want them in ten, twenty, fifty, hundreds? Yeah. You know what size? So as people are pulling orders to be packed, one of the things that I like to do is walk by before the orders are pulled and make sure that they're pulling the right item. Mm -hmm. There's nothing worse than sending the wrong color, wrong size, wrong quantity, because then you you have to fix that. And it's going to cost you money to send the correct one. That So I'm teaching the staff how to troubleshoot, how to spot the problems before. And that's so important, yeah. especially when you get into the online business. You know, if you only have one SKU, well, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just that. How many SKUs do you have? Oh God, <laughs> that thousands, many, <laughs> thousands, Jeez. thousands. Yeah, I think I think I, I still remember one of the the quotes you told me. Uh, a business owner will always try to find the cheapest option. Yeah, is that still true? Well, yes. If it's if you compare an apples to apples, okay, right. Uh, I mean, I don't buy merchandise. I mean, I buy it because it's cheap, but it's also going to be quality. It's going right. to be good, and and so that's. So yes and no, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to know when to do it. When to do it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it only comes with experience. Exactly, yeah. yeah okay. It's, yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. So before we finish off the podcast, mm -hmm. in all your cumulative years of life, mm -hmm. a business, what is the best piece of advice you can offer somebody that's barely going into entrepreneurship and somebody that's been in entrepreneurship that's facing some struggles right now? Um, the main thing I learned and, and has been the history for for my business, our business is change, adapting. It's, I mean, when we first started, uh, how we started 20 years ago and where we're at now is night and day. And so if you don't keep changing and adapting, you're going to die. It's just, it's people, there's a saying that says you never uh, step into the same river twice. And it's the truth about business. I mean, you have to listen to your customers. You have to read the market and keep changing, keep adapting. I mean, during COVID, uh, people lost their jobs. A lot of women were at home. They started making candles. Mm -hmm. I, I never sold bowls for candles, right? So all of a sudden, they started taking our bowls and started making candles at home and selling them online. Wow. That is now probably 40% of our business. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's COVID. COVID created that People and now figured out a way how to yeah. make money. Oh, they had to pay the bills. So yeah. they figured out, well, I can make candles. And all of a sudden that's like 40% of our business. So keep changing, keep adapting. When you go into your business, have some flexibility because you know, you, let's just say you, I'm only going to sell butter. You know, maybe you're going to sell cheese. Maybe you're going to sell whatever. You just never know. Yeah. So listen to the market, listen to what your customers are wanting. Cause a lot of the designs that we have now is because customers wanted them. You know, and it's not like just one customer asking. Oh. It's like tons of them. Tons of them. So yeah. you're, you're taking in the market research yeah. and, all and that if stuff. and if several people are asking for the same item, guess what? Maybe yeah. there is a market for it. So you bring it in, you put it out there, and guess what? Now you're selling thousands and thousands. So so always keep listening. Uh, you give the customer what they want. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So keep cool. adapting, keep changing. So awesome, Jesse. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thank we'll you. see you guys next time on the sesh. Peace. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me.